are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to read for you without your turning to it, just a little part of what you read a while ago, a very startling statement. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Now, Zion was another word for the city of Jerusalem. Sometimes Zion meant just the Mount Zion. Sometimes it meant the temple. Sometimes it meant the entire city of Jerusalem. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. I want to talk tonight on the subject, tell it to the generation following. I'll explain the verse before I pray. Israel, in my, in my opinion, was going into captivity. That little 70-year period that we mention so often, and our teaching and in our preaching when the Jews were in Babylon in captivity. Are you listening? The, while they were, when they left, their beloved temple was destroyed. Their walls were torn down. Their palaces were destroyed. Their high towers were destroyed. The entire city was leveled. And God said to the generation who was just prior to that captivity, He said, captivity is going to come. It won't be long until the palaces are leveled, so I want you to go and look at them carefully and learn all about them. It won't be long until the walls or the bulwarks, if you please, are destroyed and leveled. So I want you to... Learn all you can about those. It won't be long till the towers, and I'll explain those in a few minutes, are destroyed. He said to fathers, leaders, pastors, others, he said, learn all you can. Are you listening? Learn all you can about Jerusalem, Zion, her palaces, her bulwarks, her towers. Learn all you can. Because while you're in captivity, you're going to have a bunch of children born and they won't know a thing about it. And I want you to be able to tell them about the wonders of the palaces and about the magnificence of the walls and about the importance of the towers that ye may tell it to the generation following. I hope you'll listen, Father. This passage is so up-to-date. It's almost as if it were given for this generation. Help me as I speak about it, please. Amen. I wondered... I think I'll use this mic. I... Uh, I wondered when I was a young man why it was 
that by the time I was 30 years of age, I was preaching with the greats. When I was a young man, 30 years of age, I was preaching with the giants. I'm talking about sharing the same platform, the same pulpit, with the giant men who are giants in history to you. 2,200 times I sat on the same platform and preached behind the same pulpit with Dr. John R. Rice. Before the time I was 30, I was preaching with Dr. John Rice, Dr. Bill Rice, Dr. Bob Jones, Sr., Dr. G.B. Vick, pastor of the largest church in the world at that time. The greatest orator I ever met, Dr. R.G. Lee, Lester Roloff, Oliver B. Green, Hyman Appleman, Oswald Smith, Ford Porter, and men who today would make a history book of the great men of the past generation. I got the scripture, this scripture here. Walk about Zion, go round about her, tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. I studied these men. You know why I studied these men? Because I wanted this young man down here to know something about John R. Rice. I want these young preacher boys to know something about Bob Jones Sr. That's what God is saying to his people in the 48th Psalm. He's saying, soon the day is going to come when the walls will be leveled, palaces destroyed, towers broken down. He said, now you learn everything you can about the walls, the palaces, and the towers. So while you're in captivity, when there are no such walls, you can tell the next generation about those walls. While you're in captivity, when there are no such towers, you can tell the next generation about those towers. And while the next generation, while you're in captivity, when there are no bulwarks, palaces, or towers, you can tell the next generation exactly what it was all about. So I kept my eyes open. I wanted you to know what Lester Roloff was all about. I wanted you to know what John Rice was all about. I wanted you to know what Bob Jones Sr. and Oliver B. Green and G.B. Vick and R.G. Lee, Hyman Appleman and Oswald Smith and Ford Porter and Bill Rice, I wanted you to know what they were all about. Not only that, when I was a young man, I was preaching in the great churches that are only churches, many of them only great churches in history books now. I'm talking about, I preached several times in the great First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, Texas, church built by Dr. J. Frank Norris, most famous church probably of its day. Many times I preached for Dr. Oswald Smith in the People's Church in Toronto, Canada. I preached numbers of times in the Moody Church in Chicago, Temple Baptist Church in Detroit, the largest church in the world, Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, over 150 times I preached in the Highland Park Baptist Church for Dr. Lee Robertson while he was pastor there. Jarvis Street Church, famous church, Baptist Church in Toronto, Canada. The great Gilead Baptist Church, built by Dr. Parr in Detroit, Michigan. I looked at this scripture and kept my eyes open. I wanted you to know something about the Temple Baptist Church, Detroit. I wanted those of you that would never see Highland Park in its heyday. I wanted you to know something about Highland Park Baptist Church in its heyday. 
I looked at this passage here. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof, mark ye well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that ye may tell the generation following. I knew, now please don't misunderstand me, I'm, I'm not one of the greats. But I knew you would never hear John Rice, many of you would never hear, how many of you never heard John Rice preach? Raise your hand. That's most, that's 90% of this crowd tonight. I knew that most of you would never hear John Rice preach. So, I tried so hard to arrange it so you could see some of him and me. I tried to incorporate. I'll never, never be a John Rice. But I tried to incorporate some of him and me so perhaps you could get a little reflection of John Rice. I hope you see some of his love, his warmth, and convictions in this preacher. I knew you would never see or hear Dr. Bill Rice. How many of you never heard Dr. Bill Rice? Most of you, 90% of you never heard Dr. Bill Rice. How many did hear Dr. Bill Rice? Just a scattering. I knew that most of you would never hear Dr. Bill Rice, would never see him personally. So while he was alive, I tried as best I could to capture some of his wit and humor. If you'll let me use the word charm, I don't associate that word with me. But I tried to capture some of that. So maybe that you could see in me just a little tad of what was in the most charming man I ever met, Dr. Bill Rice. I knew that most of you would never hear Dr. Bob Jones, Sr., and very, very few of you ever heard Dr. Bob Jones, Sr. I studied him. I studied Dr. John Rice and Dr. Bill Rice that I may be able to let you know just a little bit about what these men were all about. I knew that you could never see Dr. Lester Roloff walk with God. And I tried to incorporate just a touch of his walk with God in my life. So maybe that you could see a little bit of Lester Roloff. I realize that you would never hear Dr. Ford Porter pray. If you never heard Dr. Ford Porter pray, you missed one of the blessings of your life. I tried to incorporate the prayer life of Ford Porter a little bit in my life. So maybe I could tell the next generation. You see, it's hard for an older man like me to realize that, that this generation didn't know John Rice. And this generation never heard Bob Jones, Sr. And this generation never heard Dr. Bill Rice. And 75% of you never heard Lester Roloff <coughs> preach a sermon. So while they were living, I studied them. I marked their bulwarks. I checked their towers. I looked at the palaces of their lives. And I studied them so I could give to you when you came along. And by the way, I'm one of the few preachers in America that is trying to keep these men alive today. I, uh, I knew most of you would never see Dr. G.B. Vick's administrative ability, Dr. Oliver V. Green's pungent spirit, or Hyman Appleman's evangelistic spirit. So I tried to incorporate a little bit of G.B. Vick in my life, a little bit of Hyman Appleman in my life, a little bit of Oliver V. Green in my life, a little bit of John Rice in my life. And I tried to remember all I could about those men so I could in some way try to emulate them and also in some way let you know exactly or somehow what they're all about. Now, the same thing is true about the people of God in Psalm 48. The psalmist said there are three things he wanted examined carefully. 
Now I want to call to your attention these three things for a minute. He said in the first place, I want you to examine carefully the palaces so you can tell the next generation what the palaces were like. Now he said, secondly, I want you to examine carefully the bulwarks. Now what were the palaces? Palaces were the places where the heads of state stayed, where the treasure stayed. All of the treasure of the kingdom stayed was held in the palaces. The gold and the silver and the precious stones were held in the palaces. And the psalmist said, check the palaces so you can tell the next generation when those palaces are destroyed, what they were all about. Check the bulwarks. What were the bulwarks? The bulwarks were the walls. Young folks, back there, listen while I'm preaching. Hey, listen while I'm preaching back there. Hey, son, look at me while I'm preaching. I'm preaching to you. I'm trying to tell you what you need to hear. The bulwarks were the great walls around the city. And so God said to the people, don't forget to learn all you can about the palaces where the treasures are stored and the walls that protect those treasures and the towers where somebody sits and looks to, for the enemy's attack so the treasures can be protected and so people can protect those treasures. So he said, study the treasures of the palace and tell the next generation. Study the walls of protection of those treasures and tell the next generation. And study the towers where watchmen sat on the wall in those towers and looked out for the enemy who was going to come to try to take those treasures. <clears throat> now tonight, I'd like to take a few moments and talk about that subject. First, the palaces. The home of the precious things. To be described in captivity to those who did not see them while they were in Jerusalem. I, too, have watched the precious things of my generation. And I want to thank God tonight that I was reared in the generation which I was reared. I want to thank God tonight that I wasn't reared in this generation. I thank God for the precious things that my generation had. And I want to share with you tonight some of those precious things. I watched those precious things so I could relate them to you. Some of those precious things of my generation were purity. Compared to this whoremongering generation, this Playboy generation, this Hugh Hefner generation, this Hollywood generation, this R-rated, PG-rated, and X-rated hellfire and um, hellish Movies of our generation, my generation is pretty pure. And I want to thank God tonight for my generation. I want to thank God that, that nudity was considered wearing a bathing suit in my generation. I want to thank God that in my generation that burlesque shows, though I didn't ever went, I've never been to one, <coughs> Brother Jorgensen told me about them. But I want to thank God that burlesque shows were not nude dancers in my generation. I, I, I'm trying to tell you that, that the worst in my generation would be considered not real bad today. And I want to tell you that I thank God for the measure of purity that my generation had. I want to tell you about my generation, some things precious to me. Honesty sort of prevailed in my generation. There were no casinos in my generation. There, were no, there was no lottery in my generation. It was considered a sin to play marbles for keeps in my generation. Now, I want, to, I want to tell young folks, by the way, you say, an old man telling us about his generation. That's what God said to do. 
he said, Mark well the palaces, mark well the bulwarks, mark well the towers, that ye may tell it to the next generation. And so I thank God for the precious things. Precious to me was a generation of people that had a work ethic. We didn't have any welfare in my generation. We didn't have a bunch of lazy guys sitting around watching television with a beer belly, buying their beer with money that you and I worked hard to get. We didn't have that. Young folks, hey, young folks, listen while I'm preaching over there. Sit still and hear me. I've got some things to tell you. I expect you to hear what I'm saying. You say, hey, you're an old man. Yes, and I got, I got more brains than that finger you got in your head, son. I mean, American young people need to set up and hear some old codgers tell you how it used to be when America had some character. I thank God for the precious things in the palaces of my generation. I thank God that my generation was patriotic. It was precious to me that I grew up in a generation we didn't know any draft dodgers. We didn't have any Bill Clintons in my generation. Glory to God, hallelujah to the Lamb. We dead sure didn't have any Hillary Clintons in my generation. I'm saying those are precious things to me. A generation, listen sailors, a generation where my country was attacked, nobody said, I don't like this particular war. They simply said, my country is at war, here we come. That's precious to me. Those are precious memories. No one knew a homosexual in my generation. Not only were they in the closet, but they were locked in from the outside. They couldn't come out of the closet. I never met a queer when I was young. Never did. My generation, in the first place, we didn't have all in, in all the things where you learned everything about sex uh, with the opposite sex. Till you, to, if you explored anything, you had to go to the same sex. We didn't have all the stuff that created queers. I want to thank God for the precious things my generation had. I want to thank God that purity was precious and honesty prevailed and people had a work ethic and uh, uh, people were patriotic. You couldn't find a draft dodger. No one knew a homosexual. I thank God that in my generation, abortion was considered baby murder. And was illegal. And if you did it, you had to do it undercover. And you had to hide it because it was considered murder. I'm saying, I thank God for the generation in which I grew up. Precious in the palaces. Whiskey and beer were illegal. Can you imagine that? In my generation, it was illegal to sell any kind of alcoholic beverages. You truck drivers couldn't have made it ten miles. Thank God. Boy, I thank God I grew up before Hugh Hefner was ever explored, discovered. I thank God that I grew up in a day where, where I grew up, it was, it was illegal to sell beer. Illegal to sell whiskey. I thank God, my generation, I marked it so I could tell you, public schools had strict dress codes. I'm saying the public schools of my generation had the same dress codes that Hammond Baptist schools have today. Thank God I grew up 
in my generation, and I marked it carefully because I'm commanded by God to tell it to the next generation of the generation following. I thank God in my generation, no male wore long hair. <laughs> if anybody in our neighborhood had worn long hair, he wouldn't have any hair by dark. We'd have pulled it out with the roots. Looks like some of you are from my generation. Your hair's been pulled out from the roots. Some of us. I thank God that no one ever had heard of rock music. Nobody. I went to a pastor's conference when I was 27 years of age. A pastor got up and he said, Fellas, have you heard the latest music? That's the most unbelievable thing. And it's called rock music and, and they have rock and roll dancing. And we said, what, what do you mean? He said, they actually act like they're committing sex acts. <laughs> the gyration. I'm talking about the dirty, satanic Michael Jackson crowd. I'm talking about the Rolling Stones. I'm talking about the Beatles. I'm talking about all kinds of your dirty rock music. And God pity you little pinheads that listen to that stuff. Thank God. I said praise God when I was a teenager. Nobody ever heard of rock music. Nobody ever heard the word marijuana. Nobody ever heard the word heroin. Nobody ever heard the word cocaine. Thank God there was a day when America had some character and we had the old-time religion. Heavy petting was to put your arm around your girlfriend. <laughs> My generation, no lady wore shorts or pants. We had no NIV Bible in my generation. We had no New King James. We had no New Schofield. We had no RSV. Ninety-nine percent of the preachers preached from the King James Bible. And we didn't have all this Bible amongst club. I thank God, the palace of my generation, you couldn't find a woman that smoked a cigarette. <laughs> you couldn't. If, if you saw a woman smoking, you I don't believe what I see. A woman smoking. Thank God there was a day when women were different. And no man ever said a curse word knowingly around a woman. And if he did, the vulgarest men would stop and say, Pardon me, ma'am. <coughs> uh, women were precious in those days. Women were pure and sweet in those days. A man may drink, but not a woman. A man may smoke, but not a woman. A man may curse, but not a woman. Thank God there was a time in America when women were sweet and tender and precious and reared the kids and weren't trying to be policemen and firemen and, and attorney generals and politicians and senators and mayors and governors. Thank God there was a day when America had some character. My Bible said, study it carefully that you may tell the generation following. Check well the bulwarks. Look at the palaces. <laughs> Check the towers and study those towers that you may tell it to the generation following. My generation, television had not been invented. No words on the radio could be used like D-A-M-N or H-E-L-L. -L, unless you're talking about a place. When, when Gone with the Wind came out, the movie, and it ended with, with, with uh, was it Clark Gable? I'm not trying to catch you now. 
The statement, frankly, my dear, I don't give a D-A-M-N, America was shocked. Shocked. Brother, that's, that's decent language nowadays compared to what's on. You, you, take, you turn you to turn some of these radio stations. They're as rotten as the devil. I mean, they use sexual terms on radio stations. Well, thank God there was a day in the land of the free and the home of the brave where you couldn't even say D-A-M-N or H-E-L-L on a radio station. No man ever used a bad word in the presence of a woman. We had no rest homes in my generation. None. The term rest home had not been invented. The term convalescent home had not been invented. You know why? Because the convalescent home was the bedroom of the children. See you know what I said? I said the convalescent home was the bedroom of the children. And the same parents that had made room for you when you came in their home had room in your home because you made room for them just like they made room for you. No woman cursed. No Playboy magazine. <clears throat> Said about ago, I never heard the word marijuana. No curse words were in books. No bad words in a newspaper or magazine. None. None. Or a movie. None. I'm saying, I'm grateful to God that I knew a generation that had some character. I want to praise God tonight. If I could live my life over again, I would unless I could turn the timetable back. I thank God that I grew up in a generation when Adolf Hitler built the mightiest army ever built in the history of mankind, a professional army, and dared to challenge the free world to a battle, that army that was trained for years and years as a professional, mighty army as solid as granite. America called her boys from the schools, the colleges, and the workbenches, and the homes, and called these lay boys and put them in a, in a, uh, a camp and, and took... Uh, basic training for 17 little weeks and those boys out of our homes who were not soldiers but loved our nation and would dare to fight for it and live for it and die for it back in the day when America had enough decency to defend her shores back when America won wars instead of losing wars back when America had some character those boys were called from the farms and the business places and the workbenches and the schools and families of America. And they stood up against the mightiest army ever built, Hitler's professional army, and brought Adolf Hitler to his knees. Thank God. I grew up in a generation that weathered a great depression. I didn't say recession. I said depression. I didn't say financial recession. I didn't say financial hard time. I'm talking about a depression. I'm talking about where millions of people had not one piece of bread in their cupboard. I'm talking about a time when, when millions of people were homeless, had no place to lay their heads. I'm talking about a time when we had to not only fasten our belts, but sell our belts to buy some food. I'm talking about a time when men walked the streets begging for a job, any kind of a job. I'm talking about soup lines. I'm talking about bread lines. 
I'm talking, I thank God that I belong to a generation that weathered the worst depression America's ever seen and fought the deadliest war America's ever fought and weathered both of them and came through on the top side. Three cheers for my generation. I've told you about our precious treasures in the palace. Now let me tell you about the bulwarks we had. Study the towers. Study the bulwarks. Study the palaces. <coughs> that you may tell it to the generation following. We had some bulwarks, some walls of protection for our precious country. Let me tell you what some of those walls were. We had walls in those days that stores could not be open on Sunday. I said stores could not be open on Sunday. And by the way, some of those laws, <coughs> those blue laws are still on the books. But our dirty, crooked politicians choose what laws they enforce. And if the, if, if the law enforcement officials in Hammond and in Indiana and in America would enforce the laws, all the laws, most of the stores are closed down today. Thank God I grew up in a generation where the stores were closed on Sunday. What are the bulwarks? <coughs> the home spanked the children. The welfare folks came by and didn't like it. We spanked them. Bunch of little welfare Napoleons have <coughs> been trained in these heathen secular schools, taught anti-Bible philosophy and anti-God an anti-Christ philosophy, trying to sit in judgment on you obeying the command of God to discipline your child. I thank God I grew up in a home. If I got a spanking at school, and I did, I got one when I got home. Now, my mama didn't drop the school and say, you abused my little boy. My mama abused me again. <coughs> and my teacher begged my mother for mercy more than my mother begged my teacher for mercy. Won't you parents shut up? <laughs> the bulwarks. The school was a bulwark. Spankings at home and at school. Dress codes in school. Old-fashioned, old-time religion churches were bulwarks. Bible-believing colleges were bulwarks. Leadership had authority. Leadership stood together. The Bible was in the public school. I said the Bible was in the public school. And prayer was in the public school. Daddy made the living. Mama trained the children in my generation. Nobody smoked in school. The church was a bulwark to protect precious things. The home was a bulwark to protect the precious things I mentioned a while ago. The school was a bulwark to protect the precious things. Dad was a bulwark to protect the precious things. Mom was a bulwark to, to, to uh, protect the precious things. And the government was a bulwark to protect the precious things. Now to the towers. Study the palaces. All you can because the next generation won't see them. I want you to tell them what they were like. Study the bulwarks, the mighty walls around the city. The next generation will be 500 miles away from home in captivity. They won't see those mighty walls that protected the holy city. 
Study them carefully so you can tell the children the next generation about those bulwarks. Study those towers carefully so you can tell the next generation about the... What were the towers? <coughs> the towers were places where men stood up above the walls and above the city and scouted out for enemies. <coughs> and, and, and when saw enemies coming, he raised the alarm and warned the people of enemies coming. My generation, we had towers. And in those towers were men of God. In those towers were godly preachers. If they saw dirty music coming in my generation, they warned the people about dirty music. If they saw the playboy philosophy coming, they warned the people about playboy philosophy. If they saw rock music coming, they warned the people about rock music. If they saw Hollywood movies coming, they warned the people about Hollywood movies. If they saw indecent dress coming, they warned the people about indecent dress. In my generation, ladies and gentlemen, there were men of God that stood in the towers. They feared no man, but nobody but God. They loved nothing but souls. They sought nothing but God's will for their lives. Men of God that stood in the tower. <coughs> Every Baptist church in America just about had a man of God who didn't ask the deacons what to preach. He didn't ask their nomination what to preach. He didn't ask his wife what to preach. He didn't ask the Ladies' Aid Society what to preach. He asked God what to preach and stood as a guard in the tower. And the, the psalm of God said to the psalmist, Study the towers, that they'll come when they're down. Study the bulwarks, that they'll come when they're level. Study the palaces and precious things, that they'll come when they're gone. That you may tell the next generation about the towers, the bulwarks, and the palaces. Can you see them? Come here, son. Come and sit beside me right here. Can you see a dad talking to his son? Son, we're here in captivity, but it hasn't always been this way. I wish you could have seen what I knew. I wish you could have seen the palace in Jerusalem, the treasures of the palace. But son, I studied it, and I want to tell you all I can about it. God told me to. Son, I wish you could have seen those walls around that city, those massive walls. Walls that were so wide that seven horses could prance abreast on the top of those walls. I wish you could have seen the towers. I wish you could have seen the watchmen that were up in those towers to warn us of any approaching enemy. I sit tonight. Do something more sad than that. I have to say, son, I I remember America. I mean this when I say this. I'm very sorry. It's not like it used to be. I wish you could know an America like it used to be. The psalmist said, study it carefully. So you can tell the next generation. Thank you, son. Tell the next generation what the previous generation did was all about. Sad to see tonight the towers used to be silent. Baptist churches not even having church on Sunday night. Silent towers. <laughs> and dark towers and quiet towers where once a man of God stood on a platform behind the pulpit and proclaimed the message of truth and warned people about sin and judgment to come. 
pretty well torn down now. You can walk most any drive by in most any city in America. You drive by churches. It's very popular these days to see a sign that says traditional service at 10 o'clock, contemporary service at 11 o'clock. What does it mean? They sing the old rugged cross at 10 o'clock in some dirty rock music with a few little ditty religious words to them at 11 o'clock. What does it mean? It means people that believe the King James Bible come at 10 and people come with their hippie Bibles at 11. What does it mean? We have pianos and organs at 10 o'clock and a bunch of wild music at 11. What does it mean? We have the old-time religion at 10 and a bunch of newfangled garbage at 11 o'clock. Towers have, been fall have fallen. Sad to see it. Sad to see the bulwarks fall. It's sad to see the precious things stolen. Please listen to me and I'll close in a minute. I've tried to tell you what the previous generation was like. I wish I could show you. Hold it. Hold it. I think I can. I think I can show you. Come with me tomorrow morning to Hammond Baptist Grade School. Come with me as children sit courteously in their seats. Come with me where children say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, to their teachers. Come with me where you behave, and the teachers in charge of the pupils and the principals in charge of the school. Come with me to Hammond Baptist Junior High School. You'll see my generation. Brother, First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, with all of its ministers, is nothing more than a little generation, previous generation, tucked away down here in Northwest Indiana to say to the world, this is the way it used to be, and this is the way it could be again. Come with me to Hammond Baptist Junior High and High School. See young ladies who don't wear shorts or pants to school. And see young men with tapered haircuts. And see young man, if he has an earring, we'll pull him by the ear to the door and say, go home. You say, what is this place around here? It's my generation tucked away in this new generation. Come with me to Hiles Anderson College. Come with me to our little 1950s in the 1990s, where purity is precious, where honesty prevails, where people still have a work ethic, where people are still patriotic. Where we do not have homosexual, knowing homosexuals in our schools. And if anybody commits a homosexual act in our schools, he is expelled forever. Where abortion is still hated, consider baby murder. Where whiskey and beer is outlawed. Where no students can smoke. We have dress codes. No man wears one boy wears long hair. Nobody plays any rock music. No lady wears shorts or pants. No NIV, New King, King James, New Schofield, or RSV fake Bibles, but nothing but the old King James. No women smoke. 
No words used like D-A-M-N and H-E-L-L. No man use a bad word in the presence of a woman or for that matter in the presence of a man or he's in trouble if he finds out about it. No women curse. No play playboy philosophy. Well, you never hear of marijuana if you, do, if you ever do. A person's expelled from school for it. Look at our haircuts, our skirts, our skirt links. Listen to yes ma'ams and yes sirs and no sirs and no ma'ams and the clean-cut young men where authority is in charge and inmates don't run the institution. No riots, no streakers. Three statements and I'm through. We're trying to keep that, which is precious. We have a palace here in this church. Some precious things. And we're working to keep it. And as long as this old man can breathe and stumble to this pulpit and frog it, frog it through sermons, he's going to preach exactly what you've heard tonight. You call me an old fogey, you call me a... Going back to the 1950s, brother, I've seen the 50s and I've seen the 90s, and this country could well afford to go back to the 1950s. We're trying to keep that which is precious. Number two, we're trying to keep the bulwarks, the walls up. And number three, there's an old man in his 70th year standing on the wall looking for the enemies that might destroy, looking for Bibles that might destroy, looking for doctrines that might destroy, looking for habits that might destroy, looking for philosophies that might destroy. An old man up in the tower, an institution with bulwarks, walls of protection around our young people to keep that which is precious. Brother, I do not want us to just say, let me tell you how it used to be. I want us to look at our young people and say, come with me and let me show you how it used to be. God said to the psalmist, he said, walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof, mark ye well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that Ye may tell it to the generation following. I got better news than that for you. That ye may show it to the generation following. To that I've given my life and will continue to do so. And may this church ever be the kind of church that's like the churches used to be. And may a little of the old America still settle here in northwest Indiana to show the world it still works just like it did. In Grandpa's day. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.